Parshas Veschanon, honor thy parents. In Masechta Kedushin, the Gemara asks a very important question that applies to all of us here. Adhechan kibud avaim. How far does a child have to extend himself in the matter of kibud avaim? And it's an important question, because when we read the Aseret Dibras in this week's Parsha, we see that it's number five on the list. It means that it's one of the fundamental principles of the Torah. And so we're going to listen now to the words of Chazal to understand Ad Heichan, how far a good Jew has to go in order to fulfill the mitzvah of respecting his father and mother. The Gemara answers like this, Go out and see what a certain person once did. His name was Dama Ben Nisina. What did he do? Once the Chachamim needed certain rare stones for the vestments of the Kohen Gadol, so they came to the house of Dama Ben Nisina. He was a certain Gentile who traded in precious jewels, and they offered him a lot of money for the gems they needed. The Gemara says that he would have made a profit of 600,000 gold dinarim. That's one opinion. Another sage says it was a profit of 800,000 gold coins. So when they made their offer, he went right away to the back room where the key to the jewel chest was hidden. For such money, you want to close the deal right away. And he found his father sleeping. And under his pillow was the key. So he tapped his father on the shoulder and he said, Pa, get up, please, emergency, I need the key. No, no, he didn't do that. The Gemara says that Dama Ben Nesina tiptoed out to where the Chachamim were waiting with the bags of money and he said, I'm sorry, I can't do any business with you right now. He didn't know how long his father would be resting there and he wasn't going to disturb him. I can't help you, he said. And the Chachamim went away. They went to look elsewhere. Now that was a loss of a tremendous sum of money. It was a very big business deal that Dama Ben Nesina gave away for the sake of Kibbut Av. You don't have to worry about him though. The Gemara tells us that HaKadosh Baruch Hu repaid him. The following year, HaKadosh Baruch Hu caused a perfectly red cow to be born in his herd. A para aduma tamima. Now, that is worth a fortune of money. And this time, when the Chachamim came, his father wasn't sleeping on the cow. And so, Dama sold them the para aduma, and he made up for what he had lost the previous year with interest. He didn't lose out. HaKadosh Baruch Hu made sure of that. It's a remarkable Gemara, a remarkable story about a remarkable Gentile. But for us, a big question arises. When we want to learn the Torah of Kibbut Avaim, do we have to go learn it from a Gentile? Don't we have our own great men who fulfilled this mitzvah? The Gemara and Kedushin there brings other stories too. It says that Rabbi Tarfon had an elderly mother who whenever she needed to climb into bed, he would bend down onto the floor so she could step on his back. He didn't bring a stool for her. He leaned over so that she could use him as a stool. And when she got out of bed, the same thing. Tois was there brings another story about Rabbi Tarfon that once when his mother left her slippers outside and she insisted on going out and finding them on her own, Rabbi Tarfon put his hands down on the grounds so that she would walk on his hands and not get her feet dirty.
So we have stories too. Why do we need to look at Dhamma Ben Nisina for our inspiration? We need to look outside. Where else do we find an example from Gentiles how to perform a mitzvah of the Torah? And so we're beginning to see now that the mitzvah of Kibbut Avaim is not a matter of Torah. It's in the Torah. Oh yes, not just in the Torah. It's in the Aseres Adibris. But still, it's a matter of human nature. It's expected to be a, the common sense reaction of all human beings. Gratitude. Even a Gentile should show and should know what that means. Only an ingrate, a person whose neshama is so sullied with consult that he can't recognize the good that his parents have done with him, they wouldn't understand that. Even if all our parents had done for us was to bring us into the world, that itself is a happiness. It's fun to be alive. That's a very great truth. Unfortunately, people don't want to talk about it. But the mere fact that you're sitting and breathing is a great happiness. Your heart is pumping away and your blood is circulating through all of your arteries and veins. Your lungs are expanding and contracting constantly. Everything is working perfectly. There's nothing like the great happiness of being alive in this world. And it's your parents who gave you that happiness. Therefore, as long as we have it, we're expected to respond properly with the greatest gratitude. Don't say, who asked them to bring me into this world? You should never fall into that wicked attitude of asking such a question. It's based on selfishness, on a failure to think. I'll prove it to you. If someone told you that you had a fatal illness, and a certain doctor could save you, you'd run to that doctor. You wouldn't wait a second because you really like being alive and you want to enjoy the thrill as long as possible. And therefore, just because of that, just because of the life that your parents gave you, you owe them a gratitude of respect to no end. But that's only the beginning. Your parents fed you too. They could have said, look, we gave you life. Take care of yourself from now on. Go look for food yourself. Scrounge. You can't afford a grocery store, so go someplace in the country. Maybe you'll find wild berries to eat. There's grass that's edible too. I gave you life. I have to support you too. But your parents didn't abandon you in the woods. Not only did they bring you into this sweet world, but they brought you up. They gave you whatever you needed for so many years. Gratitude towards parents is a matter of common sense. And so the Gemara comes to teach us how much common sense is expected of us. That even to this extreme, the great sacrifice that Dhamma ben Nisina made, that's also included in the Seichel Hanatua Belev Ha'adam, the common sense that a human being naturally has. Certainly you have to lose a tremendous amount of money in order to not wake up your father. What's the question? Even a Gentile Seichel knows that. And that's what Dhamma ben Nisina came along to teach us. That gratitude, respect, and loyalty towards our parents is expected. Al pi svara. Common sense. Even if there was no Torah. Now the question is, why did Akadosh Baruch Hu put something that's common sense into the Torah? Why did he have to announce from Har Sinai with such great fanfare? Honor your father and mother. Lama likra svarahu. Why do we need a pasuk to teach us something that we can figure out on our own? Kesuvus. 
The answer is this. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, common sense is good, but I can't rely on it. I want you to understand how vast is the obligation of gratitude. And that's why I'm putting into the Aseres Adibris. That's why I'm writing it on the Luchos with the Etzba Elohim. I'm telling you now that it's much more than common sense. Now, it's the Dvar Hashem. All of a sudden, a new mitzvah has been given to you. No less than putting on tefillin. No less than the mitzvah of mezuzah. When a person listens to his parents who ask him to do this or to do that, he's becoming rich in the most important achievement. He's becoming wealthy in mitzvahs. When your mother tells you, Chaim, carry the garbage outside to the street. It's a glorious opportunity. It's much more than the common sense of Dama ben Nesina. Now, it's the mind of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that you're listening to. It's a mitzvah deoraisa, not less than tefillin. If I would tell you to do something, it's no mitzvah. But if your father or mother tells you, it's a tremendous mitzvah, a tremendous opportunity. Now, the truth is that today, just to do the mitzvah because of common sense is already a great accomplishment. Society today is so broken down that the common sense has gone lost. The elementary principle of gratitude now requires intense study. A child who grew up in a house where from the beginning his parents fed and clothed him and housed him, does it enter his mind to feel gratitude to his parents? No. It could be he will never think about that his entire life. He will never look back with gratitude to the fact that his parents fed him. They paid rent for him. It didn't occur to him that if he didn't exist, the apartment could have been smaller and cost less rent, and that it cost good money to feed a child. He thinks he was doing his mother a favor. She begged him to eat. She got on her knees and said, Please, Chaim will eat. And when he condescended to eat, he was the one doing the favor to her. He doesn't look back with gratitude on those years that his mother spoon-fed him, and surely when she nursed him. If a firm Jew today would stand up and say, I value my parents and I will honor them. I appreciate that they gave me life and clothing and love and shelter. The world would look at him like he fell off the moon. Once upon a time, maybe people's minds were capable of having some common sense. When the world didn't have any newspapers, when there was no literature to corrupt the minds of men. So it was possible for a person to think on his own and to have some common sense. But today, we are a ruined generation of spoiled children. Adults, too, were spoiled. People who were surfeited with Gashmias, their characters are ruined. And they forgot the fundamentals of gratitude. And therefore, it's only ingratitude, plain ingratitude, that leads to the world rebelling today against parents. Today, American boys and girls say to their parents, who told you to bring me into the world? Now you have to support me and buy me a car and give me money for narcotics and every kind of wicked fun that I want to have. The Jewish boys don't say that, but they think it. And their parents are dumb enough to do it for them because even the parents have no common sense today. And therefore, anyone today who will buck the tide and say, I honor my parents because I owe them my life. He's already a great man. But suppose he goes a step further and remembers that Hashem put it into the Luchos, that it's a Pasuk in the Aseris Hadibris. Ooh, wah! Now he's already an Evet Hashem. 
Instead of doing it by habit, he says, I'm taking out the garbage now to fulfill the mitzvah of kibud avaim. Now it's a form of avoidas Hashem. Here's a man, a man in our shul, who in the morning after the prayers, he stops in the grocery store and does some shopping to save his parents the work. And when he drops by to give them what he bought, he stops outside the door before he comes in and he puts a smile on his face for his parents. He's serving Hashem now. So he prepares himself first. And then he greets his father and his mother with a seven punim yafas. And he speaks some kind words as a loyal and polite son does. When they ask him to do something, he jots it down in his memo book. And then he makes sure to fulfill it during the day. This man is a tzaddik. He understands what this mitzvah means. He knows what HaKadosh Baruch Hu expects from him. And that's why the Sepharim tell us that you should honor your parents like you honor the most important people. That's what the Sepharim say. Chai Adam. Your parents should be in your eyes like great aristocrats of nobility. When your mother calls you up on the phone to say she's coming to visit, it's like the Duke of Windsor is coming to visit you. Suppose the mayor was visiting your house. Today, the mayor is not a very important personality. But imagine a very important person was coming to visit. You'd go all out. You'd put on your best suit. You'd do everything in your power to honor him. Suppose the president was visiting your house. You wouldn't know what to do. You'd buy new clothing for everybody in the house. No question about it. You might even buy new furniture. You should know that for your parents, you have to do even more. Of course, they don't expect that. It's too expensive to do such things. That every time your parents visit, you'll go out and buy new furniture and your parents would stop visiting. They'd feel bad for you. But that's how you should regard them. When they come, you should think about that. It's really what I should have done. Now, once upon a time, I never spoke on this subject because once the people who came here had parents who were not Shomer Mitzvahs, most of the people came from not from families. And I didn't want to stress Kibbut Av because if they obeyed their parents, who knows what their parents will tell them to do? So I kept quiet. I never spoke on this subject at length. But now, Baruch Hashem, I know you have parents who are tzaddikim. Shloime emune Yisrael. And I can talk with confidence. Lefi amita sheltoida about what's expected of us. If you have a firm father and a firm mother, you have a lot of homework to do, a great deal of work. It doesn't matter that your parents are not rich or that they never were in the headlines of the newspaper. Even how much Torah your father learned is not what matters. Maybe you think your parents are not as learned as you are. They're not b'nei toida. No matter. They're your parents. They brought you into the world. They did everything for you. And so we look at them and admire them. A from father, a from mother is more than a duke, more than a king. All the honor you could give them. That's what you have to do. And it's not enough. Now, the Chayvus Levavus in Sha'aravoy Elokim says that one of the conditions for a loyal servant of Hashem is L'chavdo Levado. You must honor Hashem alone. All your thoughts should be dedicated to the principle. Kavod Shamaim. What can I do to elevate the honor of Hashem in the world? How can I make people realize Hashem is the Melech? How can I encourage people to give all glory only to Him? HaKadosh Baruch Hu is called Melech HaKavod, the King of Honor. And the Mesilis Yishadim explains that all covet in the world belongs only to Hashem. 
to give honor to anything or to anyone except HaKadosh Baruch Hu is robbery because he is the Melech HaKavod. And yet, we're talking now about something that seems to be a contradiction to that. Kabed et avicha ve'et imecha. You have to honor your father and mother. It's singled out in the Aserah Sadibras for our special mention. And not only to honor. We see you have to go all out for them. We have to treat them like royalty. And so we should ask, what happened to Lechabdo Levado? What happened to honoring him and only him? So the Choyot Vesalavavas tells us that Kibbut Avaim is an important part of Lechabdo Levado. By honoring your parents, you're building a ladder. And it's a ladder that brings you up to Hashem. It's Sulam Mutzav Arza, a ladder standing on the ground. And the top of that ladder goes all the way up to the honor of Hashem. Only how do you get to the top of the ladder? You don't fly. You're still on the ground. And the first step is to pick up your foot and put it on the ladder of gratitude. The mida of gratefulness, of appreciating what you have and feeling indebted to your benefactors is a way of thinking that must be cultivated and nurtured in us. So you begin first with your parents. You're a little boy now and you're starting to climb. You bring your father a cup of water when he's thirsty. Pa, here's a cup of cold water for you. But not just do you do it with an empty head. No, you're thinking, Ma'ashiv, how can I repay you, my father? Kol tagmulo hialai, for all that you have done for me. At least, let me bring you a cup of water. You take out the garbage when your mother asks. You offer to set the table instead of your mother serving you. Ma, you sit down. I'll bring the milk to the table. Now in the beginning, it's only your parents you're honoring. You're not thinking anything more than that. But after a while, you get more and more intelligent. If you have the sense, even when you're a little boy, a bacher, you begin to think, my parents love me so much. They do so much for me. But where did my father get the instinct to have pity on me? Where does my mother get the maternal love for her children? It's a good question. Why does a mother protect her baby with so much care? Why does she devote her life to her children? The answer is that it's a gift from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He's the real mother. That's the plain truth. It's Hashem standing behind the curtain. When a woman becomes pregnant, at that time the milk glands start developing in preparation for her future child. And at the same time, the hormones of the mother love begin to develop. It's a chemical reaction that Hashem has placed inside of her. And she begins loving her child. Even a mother cow loves her calves. But a human mother loves much more. And it's HaKadosh Baruch Hu who implanted in the mother the love for her child. Now, of course, the mother gets reward because she takes this instinct and she utilizes it. She doesn't stifle it so that she could get more sleep. She develops that instinct and becomes great because of that. Absolutely. She lives up to that instinct and she serves HaKadosh Baruch Hu by loving her children and caring for her children. The father builds on his instinct too. The father goes out to work in the fields and he's raising crops and food to feed his children. He goes into the office and he works long hours so that he could pay rent and the schar limud. Why is it that your father cares for you? Why doesn't your father buy shoes for the children next door? Why doesn't he buy toys for the children next door? Why does he do it for you? There's an instinct in him that Hashem 
put into a father to love his children. Oh, you think. So it's Hashem who is encouraging my father to act fatherly to me. HaKadosh Baruch who is the one who motivated him. There's no father and mother except Hashem. Ki avi ve'imi azavuni ve'Hashem ya'asfeini. It's Hashem who gathered me up in his arms. Mavtichi al shedei imi. He is the one who gives me security on the breasts of my mother. Hashem is the father and the mother. Fundamentally, every Jew must realize that it's only Hashem who is his benefactor. Of course, your parents did all the work. They even brought you into this world. So in a certain sense, they are a semblance, a mushal of the boide. They are shluchim, messengers of Hashem. And that's why they deserve so much covered. They're shluchei derachmana after all. But the real kibud ava'e means that we're also thinking about Hashem. We can never forget about the one who sent them on their shlichus. So now along comes a boy and he says, Rabbi Miller says that honoring your parents is only a ladder to Hashem. Who needs ladders? This boy is all ready to skip over the rungs and get down to the real business of serving Hashem. Oh no, says Hashem, that's nothing. That's all talk. It's empty talk because it means you missed the whole point. It's impossible to feel gratitude to Hashem if you don't feel gratitude to your father and mother. It's easy to say words, but that's all it is. Words. And therefore we need a ladder to climb. How do you get to the real father? If somebody doesn't say thank you when his mother serves him supper, and then after supper this frum boy starts saying birkas amazon, then he's not really thanking Hashem. It doesn't matter how long his benching is. He's not thanking Hashem. If you can, thank your mother, who you see with your own eyes. You see that she's slaving away in that hot kitchen. You see she's putting the chicken on your plate for you. If you're not overwhelmed with gratitude to her, then you're not thanking Hashem either. You can't climb up unless the first rung is there. If the first rung is missing, you can't go to the second rung. So you start with your parents, and little by little, you go higher and higher. Your mother is the first step on the rung. Thank you, mother, you say when she gives you supper. Then you can think about Birkas Amazon. That's higher. It's one step higher. That's how you climb. One step, and then another, and then another. And all the time you're doing it, it's because Hashem commanded so. Even better, you're aware that your mother and father are messengers of Hashem. Ooh, that's something. That's much more important than the Duke of Windsor or the Baron of some place or another. And that's how you climb the ladder of Hashem's service. Chazal says, honoring your parents is like honoring Hashem. Bava Now let's say a person hasn't made use of this opportunity. The truth is, nobody makes use of the opportunity as much as they should. Did you ever say to your father, Father, you know, I like you. If you'd say such a thing, your father would fall down and faint. You never thought of such a thing. Father, I like you. Or Father, I love you. You don't even think of it. It's not too late. There are so many rungs to climb. So many opportunities that you still have. Once a person understands how big of a mitzvah it is intrinsically and how it's a stepping stone to Kavod Shemayim, he'll do whatever he can to make use of the opportunities that he still has. Now some people wake up when their parents are already gone. Later in life, when the father is no longer around, he looks back 
Why didn't I say that at least once to my father or to my mother? Why didn't I tell my mother, Ma, I love you. Thank you for taking care of me for so many years. At least once I could have said that. It's a regret. It gnaws at you. These are words that should have been said. And now it's too late. Many didn't have sense or they didn't have enough sense. And even those who had the sense, but now it's finished. The opportunity has gone away. When the father passes away or the mother passes away, you mourn for that. Not only 12 months, forever. You can't get over that. You are young people. You still have parents until 120 years. But some of us are older and the opportunity is gone. It's gone forever. Never again will you hear your father tell you, Chaim, hand me the siddur, please. Hand me the siddur. What an opportunity. A mitzvah deoraisa, just like putting on tefillin. Or when your father says, Chaim, keep quiet. So you'll keep your mouth closed. It's also a mitzvah deoraisa. And now it's gone. You look back with regret. You can't bring them back again. It's finished. No, it's not over. It's very important to understand that when you're sorry that you lost an opportunity to gain certain perfection, that sorrow, that regret is also a very big zechus. Now I'll explain that. Let's say we don't have a base amigdash today. So we think it's an old story already. What can we do? Of course, we sit on the floor on Tisha B'Av and we weep. We're sad a little bit, maybe more than a little bit. But then Shabbos Nachamu comes, and right away, we start forgetting about it. Yes, it was a very sad day, but now we'll go up to the country, and we'll console ourselves with fleshic meals and swimming pools and vacations. Now, I'm not going to criticize people who go away. Of course, you should be consoled, and you should be happy, but there always must be a feeling of regret. Oh, how I wish that we had the base Hamigdash once again. Regret. Yearning for the Mikdash is very big in the eyes of Hashem. I'm going to tell you something that's very valuable right now. Most people don't understand it. But every day when you finish Shemona Esrei, there's a glorious opportunity to gain a very big mitzvah. Please Hashem, bring back the Beis HaMikdash. V'sham na'avadcha. And there we will serve you like in the days of old. Say it with tsar, not just with kavana, with perish hamilis. Say it with regret. I'm so sorry that I don't have the base hamigdash. These three sentences at the end of Shemona Esrei are an opportunity. Don't waste it when you walk back the three steps. Don't just wait for the chazan to say kedusha. Take your time and say it with feeling. Ah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, if we could have that again. Of course, it's not sincere in the beginning. It's only talk. But train yourself to do the idea. Give me a base Hamikdash once more. That's why it's very important for us to study the days of old. To know what we once had. We look back now. And we're so sad that we don't have the base Hamikdash anymore. Zohar Yerushalayim. Yerushalayim remembers in the days of her affliction and her sadness. It means after the Churban Beis HaMikdash, she remembers all of her delights that she had in the days of old. 
Once upon a time, the whole Jewish nation would gather together every seventh year. Hakel et ha'am, ha'anashim v'hanashim v'ataf. Men, women, children, everybody came together. And the Melech Yisrael came out and he read from the Sefer Torah, Sheba Azara, Moshe Rabbeinu Sefer Torah. While everybody stood on their feet and listened, the whole Klal Yisrael, what a tremendous demonstration it was of loyalty to Hashem. The whole nation together listening to the Torah. If you could see that for one minute, you'd be a different person forever. You can think about how we were oil regel from all the towns in Eretz Yisrael. Every Yom Tov, we're walking on the road past all the villages and the villages are pouring out their men. They're coming out and joining us and together we're marching to Yerushalayim. And on the road, we were singing Shira Malos. We're singing and singing until finally we come to Yerushalayim. We were so happy with our singing. We didn't even realize what we were doing. Our feet were standing in your gate, Yerushalayim. And we were still singing. We opened our eyes. Oh, we're in Yerushalayim already. Oh, how we missed that. And Yerushalayim was packed. It's jammed with millions of Jews. Josephus lived at the end of the Chorban Bayez Sheini. And he records that at least two million Jews were in Yerushalayim for Pesach. Millions of Jews filled the streets. And Pesach night, when they ate the Korban Pesach in the street, there were hundreds of thousands of stoves roasting the Korban all over the city. You could smell roasted mutton. And when they said Hallel, it was tremendous. They were on the roofs dancing. The Gemara says in Pesachim that from the sound of Hallel on Pesach night, the roofs were swinging up and down and they almost caved in. The roofs of the houses almost caved in. Imagine such an experience. All over Yerushalayim, we're standing on the roofs and the roofs are dancing up and down from the noise of the Hallel Pesach night. It was electrifying. Now I'm only telling you some Roshe Perakim, a drop in the bucket of what we're missing out on. And therefore it's a very big zuchus to look back and regret what we cannot do today. Here's a man walking in the streets in Manhattan, looking up at the tall skyscrapers, and he's thinking, Manhattan is nothing at all. How I wish I could be walking in the streets of Yerushalayim right now. He's thinking that he's so sorry that he missed out on the Shlemus. The perfection that was available in those days. How much easier it was in those days to come closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. There was no New York Times in those days. There was no TV, no radio, no internet. Even if you don't have it in your house, the fact that it's in the air is a ruination. It's in the atmosphere. You can't help yourself because the streets are soaking in shtus and tava and immorality. Even the fruma, even the best, you have to know are not immune from that. And so this man in Manhattan is thinking, I would love to be in Yerushalayim in the days of old. Ah, if I could be there once more, I would give up my refrigerator, my telephone. I would give up my gas range, all the conveniences of modern life. I'd give up to live in Yerushalayim in the days of old. Oh, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, you're sorry there's no Beis HaMikdash. I'm going to give you a reward for being sorry. You hear that? The more a person puts his mind on it, the more regret he feels. Ki'ilu nivne beis hamigdash biyamav. It's as if the beis hamigdash was built in his days. If you missed an opportunity and you express great sad that you missed it, genuine sad, 
then it's really something. It makes up for you. It's already a little bit of the perfection that they achieved then. And now we come back to our subject. Because nobody has to look back so far. 2,000 years to feel regret. You can look back to the good old days when you were a boy in the house and your mother said, Chaim, will you run over to the store for me? What did you say? You said, soon, soon. Your mother asked again and you said, Ma, I'll go soon. What happened? Your mother went herself. Oy vey, she went herself. Oy, I lost an opportunity. Oy, and he sheds bitter tears now. Oh no, what a fool I was. I threw away a pair of tefillin. I threw away mezuzahs. It was such a great opportunity. My poor mother did so much for me. She lived just for me. She wept for me when I had a cold. When I was a little boy of nine, she stayed up all night with me and she comforted me. When I fell down and cut my finger, she kissed me and she consoled me. Everything she did for me. And here I was going to do something and I told her, soon. And later. And so, if you weep now, if you feel true regret, HaKadosh Baruch who counts that, you get a very big zuchus. Oh yes, looking back helps a lot. You go back and think, why didn't I take out that bag of garbage right away when she asked? Oh, if my mother was alive, I'd be so happy to have that chance once again. If she would say, Chaim, carry out the piano for me, I would do it happily. It's not merely teshuva, that you're sorry. No, you're longing. It's a cheshek. How I wish I could show my parents how grateful I am. That's one of the great benefits of your sight. A your sight for a father and mother is not written in the Torah. It's not even written in the Gemara. But the Jewish nation, we have to know, has developed minhagim. Now don't think it's just minhagim that developed later. And therefore it's not the original Torah attitude. It says, Al tavuz ki sakna imecha. Don't disdain the old customs of your people. The customs of the Am Yisrael are very important indications of the right way to go. The voice of the Jewish people, the Shoim Re that's the voice of Hashem. And therefore we listen to the Am Yisrael's derech of honoring the Niftarim in various ways. The practice of saying Kaddish and the Yorzite and even lighting a candle on the Yorzite of the Nifter. All these minhagim that were developed by our nation without a meeting of hachamim to make a takana are very valuable. Only that it's a pity when people do the maise without thinking of the very great yisoidus that are involved. And one of the most important lessons of these minhagim is for what we're talking about right now. For the purpose of encouraging us to think back to the great days when the mitzvah was still available to us. When we could still serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu by honoring our parents. Not just to go through the motions and not only to think about how much I miss my mother, how much I miss my father, but how much I regret not fulfilling the mitzvah deoraita when I had the opportunity, how much perfection I missed out on. The regret is a perfection in itself. That's why the Gemara says, Mechabdo bechayav umechabdo bemoisoy. You have to honor your parents even after they pass away. Mechabdo means you have to be interested in honoring your parents, not only because you miss them, but because you regret all the perfection that you're missing out on. So you drop a dollar into the pushka and say, this is for my mother, Aleva Shalom. How I wish I could do more. How I wish she was still here so I could honor her. Not only tzedakah, any kind of mitzvah that you'll do in the zuchus of your parents, more than you would do ordinarily, 
if you do it with pangs of regret for all the perfection of character that you're missing out on, even better. People who live that way, they are being misakin. They're remedying part of what they missed when they were younger and didn't understand what a great gift it was to have parents. And so we come back once again to the Pasuk in Aseres Adibris that we began with. But this time with a better understanding of what it means in our lives. Going all out in respect for our parents. Even like Dama ben Nisina did. Is only the first rung of a very tall ladder that leads up to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The attitude of honoring your father and mother. Of gratitude to them for what they provided you with. Makes a person great. It's an opportunity to perfect your character. To labor in achieving the midah of HaKadosh Hatov. Of gratitude. That is the foundation of the service of Hashem. It's a lifetime of work. And then, after years and years of laboring on that, you'll build the second skyscraper on top of that. And you'll think, Hashem is my real father and mother. Because really, Halohu Avicha, isn't he your father? HaKadosh Baruch Hu is your real father. Kanecha, he created you. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the one who made you. If you're here right now, then you're already indebted to him forever. And that's what we're aiming for in this world. Way up high on top of that ladder is Kavod Shamayim. That's what we're really in this world for. Lechabdo Levado. To honor him alone. Because he is the one who gives us everything. Yismach Yisroel. Rejoice, O Yisroel. Be'oisav. In the one who made you. Have a wonderful Shabbos.